everyone. This is Ryan with Product Hunt Radio, and I'm here with some good friends of mine, Nathan and Alex. How are you guys doing? Good. Howdy. Good to be here, Ryan. Cool. So Alex and I are at actually uh, ThoughtBot headquarters, and we're talking to Nathan in Manhattan. And I can't see your face, Nathan. It's making me sad. I know. I miss you guys. I've been here for like <laughs> a month now and uh, working at General Assembly. And uh, it is sad. I miss friends in San Francisco. But it's very wonderful here in Manhattan. Yeah. So what are you working on over at General Assembly now? So um, a little background on me. Um, I, before General Assembly, worked at a company called Olark that does live chat software. Um, Which we use on product on. Actually, quick tangent. I was super close to jumping into the live chat today on Olark just to see what people would say, and I didn't. So I'll do that one of these <laughs> days, but I'm just afraid of all the, the influx of maybe questions and people jumping in. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be fun. Well, you know, with our targeted chat feature, you can selectively message people that are most valuable to your business, right? Um, that is true. Ooh, um, nudge, nudge. Uh, so what are you working on General Assembly? Uh, I work on Dash, um, which is a fun way to learn how to make websites by doing cool projects in your browser. Um, so you learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript. A little bit of design is kind of baked in, but we don't really focus on that. Um, and so I've been working on that for a while, almost a year now. A little over a year, actually. And um, working on also some internal apps for our student community. General Assembly, for people who don't know, is like basically a school. We do courses and workshops and teaching people how to be programmers, designers, data scientists, etc. It's like skills for the 21st century. Nice. nice. And why did you move to New York? I mean, I know you were in San Francisco for a while, but what made you move over there? Yeah, I mean, I had been working for General Assembly for about a year um, when it was just sort of like well, you know, is this a real thing that I like want to be a part of? It's growing really fast. I like have a, I think, a pretty interesting role to play, and mm -hmm. sort of, it's it's easier to be remote if you're like a developer, I think, or like if your job for some reason requires you to be in one of the like other markets besides New York where the headquarters is. But um, for a product manager, it's just a lot easier if you're in New York at the headquarters. So, um, yeah, and also just you know. On a more personal note, like my girlfriend and I have been talking about it. It seemed like an interesting life change to like experiment with being in New York for a little while. Um, so we're both excited, like you know, just for sort of a change of pace. So it seems like the right thing to do. Yeah. And it's been pretty awesome. So, it's been like two months now. You mentioned so I've been talking about visiting New York for months, and I swear I'm going to do it. But you said you're going to speak at a conference, is it, in a month or something, Alex? Yeah, I'll be there at uh, QCon next month. What is QCon? So I, sh I should try and schedule around the same time. Maybe we can uh, hang out and do the podcast in real life again. Um, we have to go to Fetisau. Yeah. Is that the barbecue place you're talking about? Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Wait. Nice. So what are you working on at ThoughtBot? Uh, that's a great question. I'm actually working on some top secret things at ThoughtBot at the moment. Top secret. Nice. What's your background? Because you've been here, we were just chatting before this, a uh, year and a half. Uh... Yeah, I've been at ThoughtBot for a year and a half, been in the Bay Area for about three years, I believe, uh, which is funny. I used to uh, be a part of 500 Startups and Techstars, and back when I lived down in the peninsula, Nathan and I actually lived down the street from each other, and that's pretty much how we know each other. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't know that. <laughs> no love. I was like Sweet. a console FM groupie, and they took me to all the EDM mm -hmm. shows. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Can you, can you talk about console and where it's going, or is it... 
You're holding off. Uh, yes, this would be the first time I've ever answered questions since demo day. Mm. Um, yeah, so console was a really, really fun ride. Um, we tried to build the top 100 billboard charts for different EDM genres. Um, it was pretty successful. We just found out it was one of the worst businesses to be in ever. <laughs> um, I think on demo day, we didn't raise any money. We just got like all lawsuits sent against us. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, focused uh, a little too exclusively and aggressively on growth. I uh, got to about a million and a half users. And then the next month had about 10,000 actives. And the next yeah. month had less than that. So as quickly as they came, they went away. Except Nathan. <laughs> Die hard. It's awesome. <laughs> but so yeah, it still runs. Yeah, I, it's part of my rotation. I switched through Hype Machine, 22 tracks, 8 tracks. Uh, of course, Spotify and consoles somewhere in there when I'm feeling like some EDM or some electronic music. Aww. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what we should talk about. Okay, we should talk about music apps. I hadn't even been planning on yeah. talking about that, but that's like, I think everyone can relate in a, like a highly personal, emotional way to like how they consume music. And I think that would be a really cool totally. thing to talk about with Alex, who's like done a music startup. Yeah. What's your, so what's your guys' favorite music app? If you had to choose one music app out of all of them, only one. You're on a desert island and you have one music app. What is it? RDO. Mm-hmm. RDO. Spotify. I would have to go with, well, I haven't used RDO. I actually mm-hmm. haven't used it I take it, it back. I take it back. Yeah. It's got to be SoundCloud. Interesting. Ooh. My, inter- my interesting question is, like, not if you could only have one app, but, like, do you... I feel like there's some people who switch back and forth and, like, listen to a ton of different apps. And there are some people mm-hmm. who have their one app that they always use, like, for instance, Pandora or something. I think there's a lot of people who just use Pandora and don't really care about anything else. Or there are people who, like, just use Spotify, don't care about anything else. And then there's this other category of people that, like, almost collect music apps and, like, go to different places for different things. So I think you're totally right. I think uh, when I was working on console about three years ago, um, I did a lot of research. And by research, I mean I sat at in and out and would just interview people that would come and talk to me. And then I would pay for their burgers. And what we found out is that most people didn't even know what Pandora was. And this is the in and out in Mountain View, right next to Google's headquarters. When was this? It was about three years ago. Um, but we were shocked that our number one competitor was not Pandora. It was just that it was the car radio. Really? Fact. But was that because you were at an In-N-Out drive-thru? Uh, I mean, oh, well, this was inside, but yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like yeah. for the majority of people, um, still like these digital products the for music data. have been all, all <laughs> way, always caught on. Yeah. Well, I was talking with Samil on, was the, the not the previous podcast, but the one before that about Swell. And they're target, targeting not music, but, you know, uh, basically their competition is the AM radio. And there's a big opportunity there, uh, yet, you know, people are still using um, old technology and old radio and listening to that in the car. It's remarkable how much time people spend in the car as well, so there's a huge opportunity to capture so much time and attention there. But I personally, I always go to Hype Machine. For years I've been going to Hype Machine, and if I had to choose one app, it wouldn't be it because the selection isn't as wide, but I always find interesting music there that I wouldn't find elsewhere. A lot of mashups and a lot of serendipity. Whereas Spotify, I kind of feel like I have to do work to find stuff. I have to know what I want to find. And their Discover tab is okay and I find stuff there, but I 
I just don't find the interesting kind of eclectic music that I find on Hype Machine. Yeah, Hype Machine just has this fantastic quality that I've never found in another site that's quite like it, where you feel ownership over the tracks you found. It's kind of like, oh, this little treasure that you found, like, that was, like, number 20 on the hot for, like, and it's only there for, like, a couple hours or, like, a, lo- a little bit longer than that. But yeah. you find it, and it's, like, you identify with that track a lot more than if you just had found it through, like, the What's Popular on Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Because the What's Popular on Spotify is, like, remember when CDs used to be a thing? And you would, like, walk into Best Buy, and there would be the, mm. like, just catalog of, like, the standard music. It's like the music catalog, mm-hmm. and there would be the stuff that recently came out. It's got a huge display, and like that's RDO and Spotify for the most part. And they've got a long tail of it, but it feels just like it's like the standard catalog. Whereas, like, did you just compare RDO to Jack Johnson? <laughs> Basically, yeah. And like, you know, the stuff on the stuff on Hype Machine, it's almost like I wonder if some of those things are even real songs. Like, is that just some like sixteen-year-old who made? like an awesome one-off remix thing but like i have no clue who the artists are half the time like <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what i mean like I, uh, that's what i love about it yeah exactly if the artist I, doesn't even matter it's almost like it's just it was a, it was a hype machine thing and every once in a while the artist matters and i like look up extra stuff about them but when i listen to hype machine i don't feel like i'm listening to an artist i feel like i'm listening to the hype machine whereas when i'm listening to audio i feel like yeah. i'm listening to like wh- like i don't know asap rocky or like whatever yeah so you mentioned going to, you know, record stores or CD stores and, and browsing for music. I actually missed that a little bit. Not necessarily the music aspect of it, but more the physical action of going to a location and hunting for something. Uh, for me personally, it's more movies and video games. I would go to, you know, Hollywood Video, Blockbuster, and that night with your friends, you would go and hunt for that specific movie that you would then watch and you'd consume the entire movie. Whereas today, you open up Netflix or, or something online and you watch something for five, ten minutes and then you switch to something else because it's, like, not that interesting. Oh, yeah. It's a little more non-committal. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, you can't just, like, go back to Blockbuster. Like, if you rent something from Blockbuster, you're going to watch that damn movie, you know? Like, even if it kind of yeah. sucks. Like, even if it sucks, you're going to watch that. And it, you honestly, like, maybe the first five minutes was just sort of slow and then you end up actually liking it. But that, yeah. I find the same thing. Or, like, there's this app, um, Oyster, that's, like, Netflix for books. And I really mm-hmm. like it, but I have a tendency to start and stop books because I'm like, well, there's probably something more interesting like five taps away. <laughs> but like books yeah. require investment, and you can't just give up on them that quick. So I don't know. It's like a, it's almost too convenient, you know. It's like too. And there needs to be a little <laughs> more friction or something for me to actually commit to consuming this thing. We should open up a store, guys. I think it's time. <laughs> To revive Blockbuster. Ebook store? <laughs> yeah, something like that. You can only get the ebook by going to the store. Uh, well, I'm only half joking. Why not like the product hunt store? Just print out covers <laughs> for all these products. Yes. No, it, you print out the URL. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go back home and type it in. That actually it's be gotta kind be, of funny. It's got to have so much friction. A product hunt like pop-up store where you walk in <laughs> and there's like a really nice person in an orange polo shirt who <laughs> sort of like is you know, probably in high school, and, like, you sort of, their manager has briefed them, kind of, oh, like, today what's really hot are, like, messaging apps, so, like, talk about the messaging apps to the <laughs> customer. And it's, like, the top part of Ryan's email, but delivered, like, the daily kind of, like, product, recent interesting things email, but delivered in a kind of sloppy way where the person doesn't really know what they're talking about. That would be a good store. I love that. I'm going to talk to Matt uh, from Storefront and get a pop-up store set up. I actually really want this as a food truck. 
<laughs> that way you guys can get the mobile apps too. It's perfect. Nice. It's perfect. <laughs> For your on-the-go product needs. Yes. So, awesome segue, Alex. Speaking of on-the-go, uh, Nathan, I want to hear your thoughts on Swarm, especially since you're in New York right now and you're meeting new people and, of course, you have some friends over there already, but what do you think about Swarm, which is, for everyone else, that's Foursquare's new app, uh, kind of unbundling the Foursquare experience. And Nathan, you can kind of describe it probably better than I am. I haven't used it much. I mean, to me, the thing that's interesting is that it promised to sort of, like, take out the see where your friends are and what they're doing and check into places part of Foursquare, like the social part of Foursquare, and ostensibly just do it better in a more kind of focused way. But to me, it's weird. Like, I don't know if it was like some weird interface decisions or what, but like the main screen, like you open up the app and I'm looking at it right now and I see a list of like people that might be near me and like I don't really know what to do with that information. Like it would be weird for me to <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it would be weird for me to yeah. be like, yo, like and like it's just people who live near me. Like my friend Peter from <laughs> my friend Peter from work. Like I get that he's, you know, about a mile away from me because we live in the same neighborhood, you know? Like what am I supposed to do yeah. with that? So like that kind of sucks. It doesn't to me it doesn't really cuz it's got this like auto um, sort of check-in feature. Um, so there's not really, I don't know, anything for me to do. And the actual check-in feature is kind of interesting because, um, you know, it, it, it like, has these little stickers, like, I don't know, that are supposed to add some sort of emotion to your check-in. But I guess I yeah. was just surprised that it's not, like, a feed of information. It's more just, like, people are sorted by how near they are to you, not by... Because I would be interested to see, like, I don't know... Ryan checked in at Novella, and I would be like, oh, I remember the one time that we had the product hunt meetup there, and that was cool, and I can, like, think about SF, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, the recency, I, I don't know, I guess maybe there's some question overall about the relevancy of just looking at a feed of where people are, but um, I don't, I don't yeah. see myself using this to, like, serendipitously meet up with people that happen to be close to me. I guess maybe every once in a while, but that seems like an edge case. Yeah, it's... It's very simple and I like that aspect of it in that I can open it up and I can see if any of my close friends or anyone I want to hang out with are nearby. And what's very interesting about their decision here is that there's no in-app messaging, which you would assume with a product like this, you could then message or have some sort of interaction. But what happens is when you tap on a person's face, like Suken right here, is, he's within a mile from me, somewhere in Soma. I can tap on his face and now I see two shortcuts essentially to call him or to text him, and that's it. And it's kind of interesting in that they didn't try and build some sort of interaction inside of the app, but they're just pushing people outward into the existing channels they already use. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they, I think, I don't have the Facebook Messenger app installed, but I think if I have that installed, Facebook Messenger is also another option here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, It's I haven't used it myself, I used, Facebook nearby friends, which launched what three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I used that one time to message a friend who was I knew near Dolores Park just to ask him if it was crazy busy. This was on 420 actually, so I figured it's going to be ridiculous there. The answer was yes. Yes, the answer was yes. Uh, so that that's I guess a use case right there. It's a little bit cloudy, a little bit hazy out. <laughs> it was actually very clear. It was it was not bad. Sure. <laughs> 
there were a lot of uh, people selling things. I'll just say that uh, brownies and and whatnot. For people that aren't in San Francisco, Dolores Park is is where everyone congregates when it's nice out, and it was just beautiful out that day. Um, but yeah, Swarm is. I, I like this space. I like. I, I in general like the mission or or whatever they want to call it in connecting people offline, because we're oftentimes using applications and interacting online, but very few applications or products really bring us together offline. And I think that that space just needs more thought. And Swarm is a good start, I guess, but I don't know, it hasn't made it into my like daily routine at all. Yeah. No, I mean, to me, that's the thing is like, I guess I looked at the main feed that shows up when you open the app and it's like a list of people sorted by how near they are to you. And I'm like, uh, I don't see myself ever really <laughs> needing this. I don't yeah. know, maybe it's a little harsh, but like, I, I find it really valuable when I see like the tips people have left or see like if I'm trying to decide where to go out to eat or like random things like, I don't know, yeah. like grocery stores and shit. Like it could be anything, but like seeing, <laughs> like seriously, but like seeing seeing that like, and that's sort of like what their main app is supposed to be. And so I get that's why they broke this out. But now I worry that like if they actually really de-emphasize the check-in that people will do it less. And that the like thing that made their apps data better than like Yelp is gonna get sort of, uh, uh, I don't know. It's not. It won't be as devalued. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. a it's a risky move. Um, I like it overall. Like I like that I actually don't have to deal with this now because I use Foursquare in a very different way to track my coffee consumption. So I <laughs> the only time you'll catch me checking in is at coffee shops, and I'll mm-hmm. either say espresso, latte, uh, pour over. And then I, on the other end, like I look at their API and then I pull how much coffee I've had in the last week, in the last month. So I really just use it as like a drug management app. <laughs> Wait, so um, do you, which you is like not write your own That's API client to Foursquare that like tracks your coffee consumption and like you've got your own Yeah, it just, it just tracks my user. So I can IO auth in and then it downloads my check-ins and then it will do just string matching. So even if I like, you know, spell it wrong, it'll break. But it's good <laughs> enough for just me. And I like knowing like, how insane my coffee consumption is and when I need to tone it back. Nice. If that those next three coffee meetings are really a good idea. You should hook it in with like Twilio and it calls nine one one when you reach a certain Oh my certain gosh. Point. Yeah, that almost happened. <laughs> that almost happened in Austin. We got to twelve in a day. Oh, is that when you were working that project? Yeah, we oh, made a coffee man. guide that hopefully we'll ship soon. Um, I worked with Andy Kyle, who I think uh, he organized the product hunt meetup in Austin. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, super awesome dude. Uh, so we'll be hopefully putting the finishing touches on that soon. Sweet. But yeah, 12 caffeines in a day. <laughs> um, that'll, that'll hurt you. So, so Nathan, I, have an have idea. You the... I have an idea in the space of this yeah? while, we're, while we're on this discussion. And I want someone to build it. I don't think I'm the right person. Are you sure you want to reveal your it's... billion dollar idea? Oh, this is I'm totally public, you know. We're not under NDA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need everyone listening to email. To fa- I'll send you a hello sign. Um, you can fax it to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, I seriously though, like I think it would be really cool if someone would build something that like because I'm experiencing this problem as like someone who just moved to a new city and I'm trying to learn kind of my way around. Where my favorite part about being in a new city is just exploring completely random new places. And like well, oftentimes you'll do that if there's something that kind of brings you there. Like for mm-hmm. instance, when I first moved here, um, we had this sort of meetup at work where people were going out for drinks, and it was in Koreatown. And I thought that was really cool 
because it's not really close to where I live. Like, it's kind of near Midtown. It's not. It's kind of a random part of town. Um, but it was just this random pocket of, like, some kind of interesting stuff. There was a really good restaurant we went to. We went to this really fun karaoke place. And I really like sort of serendipitously discovering random parts of the city. And it doesn't even have to be, like, in the middle of Manhattan. Like, I don't mind going out, like, a little mm-hmm. bit further and exploring kind of places that you don't see as many. Like, it's just sort of a random place to go to, but there's probably something kind of cool there. So I think it would be sweet if there's an app that basically um, you press a button and it gives you a random place in your city, like roughly that you can get to, but not necessarily super duper close to you. And Mm. you have to go there in 24 hours and check in. And like the latitude and longitude of your phone would like validate that you're actually there. And if you go, then you get a point. And if you don't go, then you lose a point. And there's like a leaderboard of your friends. And so basically it's like sort of being adventurous and finding random places and adding like a little bit of sticks to the game so that like when you press yeah. the button you know like I'm about to have to go somewhere random and I don't know what it is which would add a little bit of suspense and fun to it otherwise I'll lose a point that's cool I like that I, I get overwhelmed when I open up Yelp I like Yelp but I'm trying to find a restaurant or, or some activity and I open it up and now I'm overwhelmed with dozens of options that all are decent and that's part of the just being in San Francisco there's so many good restaurants here as well so I like that yeah, so do you get a bonus point if you order something crazy off the menu? Yeah, totally. Like, I think there would be cool things around, like, I don't know, um, like taking a photo when you're there to, like, complete the mission or something, or, like, framing it as missions or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think there's all sorts of cool things you could do with that. The problem is I think people would maybe use it, like, once every month at most. Or, like, maybe you would go through a phase, but it would be, like, turntable FM, where... It was really awesome for a little while, but it's just kind of too much, you know? It's not really, like, yeah. a utility. So um, it would be fun to build just sort of fun. I don't really think it's a business, but it would be sort of an interesting social experiment. So there is this product idea that I was chatting with some friends the other day about, and it's in the same space in, in terms of getting people together, getting your friends together. So here it is. Pay attention. So... You get a group of friends, and let's say if you were in San Francisco, Nathan, you'd be in my group, Alex, you'd be in my group, maybe a few others, and you create a group that each day or maybe once a week, whatever the frequencies that you prefer, you get an email, and it includes some activity. It could be going to a movie, going to a restaurant, going to lunch, whatever, and it's chosen for you, the destination is chosen for you, the time is chosen for you, and then the people in your group can say, yes, I'm, I'm in, or no, I'm not. And there's no pressure to to obligate like to go or not. It's just if you want to, if you're free. And essentially, it's just an excuse to get together with friends because here in San Francisco, all all of us here in like working in startups, we're usually really busy, and it's hard for us to make time sometimes. At least for me, uh, just make time and and have like an idea of what I want to do with friends. And so I sort of want this nudge, and I want someone to simplify that for me. Would you use that, anybody? I would definitely anybody? try it. Alex is shaking his head. He doesn't like it. <laughs> nah. It feels disingenuine to me. I don't like that kind of stuff where it's like a pseudo group leader. It's like, nah, dude, if you want to make that happen, organize it yourself. Set it up next week. Yeah. Get, get that thing on the calendar. I'm just Let's lazy, Alex. It just takes so much time. Uh, it's, a, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. We'll get you a secretary one of these days. <laughs> I don't deserve that. <laughs> so what do you... What do you uh, what do you have to chat about here? You have some cool products to share? I, I opened some tabs. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Did we say computers are allowed here? <laughs> are they not? Is there rules? No, it's it's fine. So my my Alex Baldwin product of the week is made by a man, Chris Kalani, who's ex Facebook. Uh, it's typeer.co. <laughs> yeah. It is the most minimal, amazing product I've ever seen. I I haven't I've been hesitant to put it on the product hunt because I don't know if it can handle the stress. It's already been on, man. Oh really? Yeah, Jonathan oh, Howard put it on there. Oh, yeah. classic John Howard move. Yeah. Lucida oh, okay. all the way. It literally does nothing. It's a notepad that saves to your local cache. I know it's great. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny as I I saw that I typed in some gibberish and then I closed it and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then someone on Twitter linked to it, and I clicked on it, on it, opened up a tab, and it had my gibberish there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> it's still working. It still works. I didn't clear my cookies or cache. That's funny. It's Yeah, I would love this cool so tool. much if it wasn't Lucita Grant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Nathan, make a Chrome extension. Yeah, right? <laughs> Can I submit Change a pull request? Is this open source? I, I don't know. You should, you should check it I out. Actually, like, what do you want to change it to, guy. though? You know 2048, the like crazy game that went wild? I like forked yeah. it just to change the color scheme. I shit you not. <laughs> yeah, I just put it the in the power of open source. Inbisha.github.io slash 2048. I also changed a little bit of layout stuff and changed the animations a little bit. It was mostly just to see like how the guy did it because it was pretty cool to me. But um, my girlfriend and my mom play it on my site, so I have like, you know, some <laughs> usage. But I think the nice. I, you know I the colors are kind of annoying on that game. Colors are important, man. I don't understand colors. Yeah, I design, design I design in monochrome. <laughs> Only black and white. Black, white, gray, red for emphasis. <laughs> nice. Oh. Hey, so Nathan, I told you to download an app before this, and I know you you downloaded it because you sent me a yo. Yeah. And have you heard about this? I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it seems really dumb. <laughs> I know. That's that's why I'm bringing it up. It's great. Yeah. It's it's kind of it came on on Product Hunt earlier today, and I just thought it was silly and fun. So it's called Yo, and so first off, the name is great. I like it. You download the app, and then once you connect with friends or you add them by adding their username, you then tap their friend's username. I just tapped your name, Nathan. If your phone is on, you should get something. I got a Yo. And. There you go. So it sends Nathan or whoever you tap a push notification, and if your sound is on, it says "Yo," and that's it. Done. Yeah. I like this a lot. So like. It's kind of rad. But here's my problem. Like, what happens next? You yo me. What am I supposed to do? Do I just yo you back? Because then we end up in Absolutely. the classic Facebook poke war. That those things last yep. years. I've been in a poke war since like 2007. <laughs> And it, Can you still poke? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't. So. Know. I, I I sort of joke about that. But I was in like a multi-year poke war, and it just gets dumb after a while. I guess maybe like there's a new generation. Okay, Nathan. The only reason you think it's dumb is because you lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting. This gotta be persistent, man. Blown up with yo's on my phone right now. I think now hey, that I, said you... I came out against yo, Ryan's gonna constantly. He's gonna get like five yo's a day on my phone. I'm, I'm gonna figure out how to automate this. Like plug it into ift. <laughs> And just every minute, or every every hour. So there's also an Easter egg that the uh, the creator, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, uh, mentioned on Twitter. If you double tap their username, it says yo yo, not just one yo, <laughs> two yos what? for the price of one. All right, I got to so try that. So necessary. 
<laughs> I know, it's cool. So, so it doesn't show any difference. Did you get the yo-yo? Yeah, here, do it again. Alright, I tried to give you a double tap there. Yo. Oh, I only got one yo. Maybe you gotta tap faster. I don't know. It's disappointing. Maybe that's his way of getting more people to use it. <laughs> yeah, so the, it has a yo counter. Right now I'm up to... Uh, where am I at? Whoa. Oh, it did it! I'm blown up. <laughs> I'm up to 25 yos. Anyway, uh, so this is just a fun, silly app. It's I like playing with these things for a couple hours. Right, you know, exactly. It's probably not going to last That's on my home thing. screen. But, uh, I just I, I it was actually, about how much work it took and what the founder's expectations were. <laughs> it was actually, I, I think uh, Dan, Dan who posted it, he mentioned the founder took like eight hours building this thing. So it's not like he is trying to build the next Facebook. Uh, but it's fun. The icon is even, even if you look at the icon, it's just and a If that's uh, the intention. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Lose you? It cut off a little bit. Are, you, are, we, still, yeah. are we still good? We're good. We're cool. Okay. Yeah, no, if that's his intention, was like just to like have a fun joke, then Yo is amazing. It's an amazing joke. I just, I worry because it's, it's a little close to home. Like there are apps out there not too far off from this. That people, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But I guess, you know, if it looks like completely yeah. like a toy and everyone's laughing at it, then, like, you know, I guess that's also how some other, like, Snapchat probably looked. So. Yeah. So, what do you. I, I noticed you were looking at um, the. I forgot the name of it, but the. There you go. Soundrad? I haven't seen Soundrad. Ah, okay. So, I'll explain this to you. It's. SoundCloud, if it didn't have the worst UI of all time. Okay. Like, take all the Is things. that the tagline? Uh, it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's SoundCloud for minimalists. Uh, so the creator, uh, Brent Jackson, also made Twipster, which is a Chrome extension for Twitter to make it for hipsters. But it's a minimal Twitter that's... It's Twitter It's if it was usable. Like, take okay. all the Chrome away from Twitter, and it's actually pretty nice to yeah. use the web client. Uh, so uh, Jackson was learning, I think, Angular and looking at like how SoundCloud sends requests. And like I have a plugin that's called uh, Dis Discourse, I think. Mm -hmm. But it blocks all social communication. So it's like any tweet button, any like button is just instantly gone. Oh. So if I have that turned on in SoundCloud, I get I think every time I load the index, like four hundred or five hundred notifications of things that this app has blocked. It's like SoundCloud is wow. so crazy about calling home. And they're very, uh, they're just not very good at resource management. Like every time you load that page, they're sending all the album art, all the comments, all these things that you don't really care and about. Some of those have hundreds of comments. Yeah. So like the average time to load the SoundCloud site for me is like sub ten seconds, mm. but SoundRed is almost instant, and it's using their API. It Do just you, makes me so happy. Is it curating the music too, or is it just a different presentation? No, it's just exactly taking their API and then. That's cool. representing it in a little more minimal way. Um, I just find it to be much faster and easier to use. That's and awesome. it just makes me really happy that one guy in a weekend can make a UI better than an entire VC back team. So this is a really interesting Ooh. point. I think like the future of a lot of these apps are dramatically smaller teams. Oh, absolutely. Like the amount of the basically benefit of having to keep something simple so that one person can kind of manage the complexity in their head also translates into user simplicity, which increases like usage, I think. And like 
the technology that it takes and the technology expertise that it takes to build something is so much less now than it used to be that like it's actually feasible. It used to be like it would be nice if that was possible, but we have to like have some person that knows how to like turn a bare metal server into something that can serve websites, you know. And now that you don't need that at all, it's like I think the feel is completely different. And I wrote this blog post like a while ago called Designer Eats Engineer, basically on that concept, where I think the future is like product builders um, kind of using higher leverage like technology tools where they're still coding, but the uh, amount of complexity they have to manage is like all in what should this app do? And mm -hmm. so much less of it becomes in like, like logistical kind of platform level stuff. Yeah, well the, the barrier to entry is so much lower and you know, I've actually had conversations, and so for those that don't know, Nathan, uh, Nathan built the like initial version of Product Hunt in. He's a like, bit of a unicorn himself. Pretty much, it was over Thanksgiving break, and it, you know, is most of what you see right now in Product Hunt it hasn't changed much in terms of like user experience at all. So, pretty remarkable how how quickly you build everything there. And what I've told people is, imagine if Product Hunt started with like ten engineers and a bunch of designers from day zero it wouldn't be nearly as compelling, I, I strongly believe, as it is today because we would have been forced to sort of overbuild and over-engineer and assume that we knew what people wanted. And it's usually better just to start something simple in most cases. Now, of course, that doesn't apply to every business, but for something like Product Hunt or something like a music service, usually you start off with something very simple. Like, what is the core of what you're trying to build and what are you solving? And it doesn't take much in terms of engineering and design in many cases right now. Yeah, actually, I miss the original version of console was a shoutcast server playing straight MP3s. <laughs> uh, and I actually, I might say I like that more because, I mean, I picked out all the music myself along with a couple of awesome people, but, like, uh, you really lose that, that human touch if you just keep saying, oh, just one more feature, yep. one more feature. And it's so easy to try to solve all your problems with features. Yep, totally. There's So I actually want to pull up Hopefully the typing isn't too loud here, but there is this really random product. I don't know why th th this uh, sound rad reminded me of this for some reason, but it's called Dunliner, and the tagline is "Movie lines at your fingertips," and it does exactly that. So, name a movie. What what movie comes to mind? I just saw it. So Godzilla. Godzilla. That, don't see it, by the way. Won't. Don't please don't. Is it bad? <laughs> it's really bad. The headline, made, the like trailer made it look super classy, but it was pretty, I don't know. It, I mean, it's kind of worth seeing in kind of a fun, campy way, but it's not. Yeah. The, the trailer made it look a lot classier than it actually turned out. Really? Yeah. So I just realized we had our headphones plugged in, so you won't hear the noise, but Dunliner is a search engine for movie quotes. So uh, maybe I'll like dub over. Oh, Zoolander. Like, Zoolander, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zoolander. Oh man, I wish we could play this. I'll Just unplug it real quick. Unplug it? <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, let me time this right. Oh, shoot. Zoolander. Who cares about Derek Zoolander anyway? The man has only one look for Christ's sake! Blue Steel? Ferrari? Latibra? They're the same face! Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! <laughs> uh, 
That's good. Um, I'm a big fan of Anchorman, and particularly this quote. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. <laughs> uh, okay, I could go on and on. Yeah, um, this is essentially infinite fun. I know. It's great. I wish there was a, a mobile app or something. Some easy way. Maybe I could favorite some quotes, and I could just whip them out whenever mm-hmm. I wanted to what this needs? This could be the new GIF. Yeah. Like, yes. I'm, sitting the, I'm sitting there in Slack... And I just, you know, tell my Hubot to bring back an Anchorman quote for me. I like that. Oh, man. What if you mix them together? That's a great, that's a great Don't you even dare. <laughs> that would be so yeah. fun. The internet might explode with awesome. Yeah, what are you doing this weekend? You want to wanna whip this up? Mashup. Yeah. Anyway, Dunliner's cool. It's infinite fun. I wish there was a mobile app. Someone build it, please. Yeah. So, let's see... You wanted to mention going so going back to the, the coding, designing, and building uh, topic. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Stamplay, Nathan. So like Stamplay is this app that was posted to Product Hunt um, a week ago, and it got a lot of votes. It's interesting because it lets people basically make web applications without coding, and I think that I honestly like I really wonder if that's going to be the future. Like I think there's this. There's this one trend happening where coding is getting easier and more people are coding. Um, And that's obviously driven by the fact that more people want to build things. And then Mm -hmm. there's this other trend where, you know, as the tools that we build to help people code are getting, like, sort of value is moving up the stack, right? And, like, design becomes more important than, like, pure engineering and product thinking. Um, It's like because the engineering problems have been like pretty well solved and sort of productized, and so you can just sort of leverage stuff that other people have made, whether it's open source or like a product like Heroku that makes developing a lot well, I would say, or like Firebase. I think you would agree. Right? Yeah, I think, I think you would agree with this. They've, they've been, the cost and the effort in engineering has been reduced in some areas, like for the like scaling uh, something to Facebook size and, and harder engineering problems uh, certainly exist and they will, I believe, continue to exist for the next 10 plus years. I don't know beyond that, but uh, but you're right. I think for building relatively simple apps, it's so much easier now than it used to be. Right, no, totally. And like, the, yeah, the, so there's a big dichotomy between making the first version of a thing to sort of get traction and see if people actually want it and yeah. growing that thing and supporting scale. And so like supporting scale is a whole different thing. And that requires real engineers. But it used to require real engineers to build the first version of a product and like it no longer does. Like you mentioned earlier, I built the first version of Product Hunt and I'm like not really an engineer. I majored in political theory in college and like learned to design stuff and like learned a little bit of HTML and CSS and then like worked at a startup that did Rails. And so I picked up a little bit of Rails mm-hmm. and Git and built a few things. And then all of a sudden, like, now I'm some sort of engineer. Like, no, like, it would have taken so much more training and preparation and, like, passion for technology than, like, frankly, I have. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you know, it's just getting easier and easier. And I wonder, like, I wonder sort of how far it goes. Like, does it just keep going until you can completely, there's, like, some WYSIWYG where you can make apps? It seems to me, like, that's possible, but it's sort of a recipe for crappy, like user experiences that don't feel pretty custom. But at the same time, like I don't know, Dunliner 
is not, it's pretty cool, but it's not a super polished <laughs> product. Like, you look at it, and it's like, I don't know. It's all pretty much default browser. Okay, but you would have to say the engineering required to figure this out, out yeah. of control. Look at this. Rounded buttons <laughs> with hover effects. That's, that's true. Okay, like, so, so like... So what, I, do they, what do they have to do? Is this, is this all done, like, by humans, then? What, Denliner? Yeah. Like, are they just transcribing it and then letting you search the trans... I don't know, actually, how they're doing the back... Like, how they're actually sourcing the quotes. It's pretty remarkable how how much there is. If you name any movie, it seems like it's there. Like, Matrix. That's true. Matrix is there. So maybe Dunliner's a poor example, because there's a lot of engineering work on the back end, but, like, CSS isn't the prettiest thing I've ever seen. So maybe that's, like... Yeah. So maybe that's not a good example. But, like... I think there's large categories of apps, like, I don't know. I don't think there's anything crazy in the first version of Snapchat that required, like, massive engineering, like, efforts. I think they built a server yep. that could send pictures, and they built a mechanism for those pictures to delete themselves, and for users to take pictures and send pictures of friends based on the contacts in their address book. And that's pretty much it for the first I don't. Version. I don't believe they're deleting it. <laughs> oh, you you think know just, better like, than have that. A massive like, I uh, would bet lots of money that they're not deleting it. Interesting. Ransom later. Yeah, that's phase two of Snapchat. Why do you think they're worth so much money? <laughs> Blackmail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love Snapchat, by the way. I'm just going to throw it out there. I've been using its its new chat feature heavily. S- Snapchat is the first app that makes me feel old. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can understand too. how people don't get it or want it. I don't know. I, I just don't get the the secret commands. I don't want to invest the time. I'm yeah. I'm just there because other people send me Snapchats. It's not. I don't feel like it's my medium. I think it's it's intentionally making some of the UI confusing, perhaps, to deter adults. Yeah, we use that uh, a couple times as a challenge when we're interviewing design candidates at Thoughtbot. Is design a better Snapchat? Oh. And they actually do design something that's you know better graphically, better to in, like intuitively understand. I bet if Snapchat tried it out, they would perform worse. Yeah. Be like, oh, my mom can use this now? F this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. Interesting. What, what is... So yeah. I see Experiments is up on your screen. I... Do you want to chat about Experience? Are you oh, with it? I don't know. I actually haven't used this. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> looking for the app that you guys were recommending from last week, the Stamplay. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I found Experiments so, like, to, instead. To wrap, up, to wrap up that conversation, like, to me what's interesting is... It seems like in order to have a successful product that essentially makes it easier for people to develop applications, you have to come in at the right, like basically one step easier but still respectable. So Firebase is a great example of a product that straddles that line. Like you're still coding, you just don't need a backend. And that's a pretty Mm -hmm. radical concept, but basically like I think the developer community can kind of get around it. Um, especially using it for like components of an app architecture rather than necessarily like the whole thing. But going to like straight up WYSIWYG, I feel like where you can just drag and drop components and, um, you know, assemble an app without writing a single line of code. Like that's almost, that's like getting a little bit too far ahead, but I wonder if it will eventually get there. I, one day we won't even use our, our hands. It'll just be reading our mind and we'll think of, okay, what if this thing exists? Like the product is we're just describing, it would translate our podcast here and then tomorrow morning it would email us or, or Snapchat us some sort of 
package an OVR product. Snapchat. I would prefer if this yeah. conversation was ephemeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Too bad. It's recording. At least I hope so. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Do you guys want to plug anything? Anything else you're working on? I want to plug something that's not mine. Ooh. Cards Against Humanity, 90s nostalgia pack. What? Ooh. What? Yeah, they launched it to, they just came out with their storefront, so now you can buy Cards Against Humanity things from them directly without going through Amazon. Mm. Uh, So they have the new e-commerce zone, as they're calling it. (laughs) Zone. And uh, definitely the 90s nostalgia pack. It's amazing. (laughs) I love the colors. The gradient's nice. Good. You know you've been waiting for the Crossfire card. The Crossfire. crossfire. Wait, Crossfire from. Yep. Afternoons like Saturdays or Sundays. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is the guy in it? The Crossfire guy. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about now. We're, we we might be talking about something totally different. Okay, Crossfire is the the church program, right? No, it's the oh, tabletop man. game with the little marbles, oh. and you. Okay. The commercial's out of control. I'll show you later. Okay. It'll change your life. <laughs> All right. Nice. You should hunt that. (laughs) (laughs) That kid looks like he's having so much fun. No one knows what we're talking about right now, but this kid, he's just jumping around, acting all like a 90s kid. Rollerblading, inspired (laughs) by Brink. Nice. Man. Cool. Uh, I love that they used Futura to represent the 90s as their font for the 90s nostalgia pack. (laughs) Great. Um, It's only five bucks, too. I don't think I, I don't think I have anything to plug. So there's a big update coming to Dash soon, but I can't talk about it yet. Um, I I think it's the one that you. I think I've heard a little bit, right? Or maybe not. Maybe I can't remember. But look for an announcement from Dash early June. Um, if you want to learn how to make web things, uh, in the Sweet. coding realm. So. Um, that'll be really fun, but I can't plug it yet. <laughs> I can tease <laughs> it though. Um, but yeah, other can, than can't that, can't you just I plug mean, Product Hunt? <laughs> yeah, I plug Sorry. Product Hunt. It, I feel like the people <laughs> listening to this are the wrong audience, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably don't like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming so on, guys. That's my plug. I wish you could well, be here, Nathan. Uh, hopefully, I can make that to New York when Alex is in New York, and then we can go to that barbecue place. The yeah, rumored triple head diagram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, y'all. Yeah.